Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This fan base is amazing. The city of Cincinnati is amazing, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Gasman fakes a handoff, runs to the right. He's got all sorts of room to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Bearcats! 25, toward the middle of the field at the 35, and he is gone! Trey Tucker will take it 98 yards! To the house! Ball poked away by DeJulius. Diving on the floor to grab it is Oguama. Bounces it for Lockett. Fires ahead to Adams Woods. DeJulius for three. Good! Cincinnati has scored 17 straight! Hands it off to Marcus Jones. He has tackled it to 34. And it is over! Zero losses. Zero doubts. Opportunity seized as the Bearcats send a message to the college football world. Did you see that? The money disparity is just going to eventually be what drives the sport farther apart from each other. And I hate that. I'm not a fan of it. A fan of the Bearcats being in one of these bigger conferences, but Feels like the soul of college football is just getting ripped away, and eventually, like SEC is like the minor league to the NFL, and everybody else, like we're gonna just try and compete with the SEC. Um, yeah, that's honestly the tone for today. Um, the Power Five uh, Circus episode way back sometime, probably what in October. Yeah, Steve made a really good point about just what is happening and you're looking at texas and oklahoma and now everything else is going to shit so welcome steve uh you're 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 talking about uh kevin durant right certainly nothing happened in college sports realignment no no just kevin durant yeah no you're okay all right yeah because that's what the listeners are here for an hour plus of brooklyn nets talk no (laughs) um (laughs) i i listened back to that justin and that was a really good job by you bringing that up and finding that because it just it hurts my soul to think about that and listening back to that i clearly didn't think the big 10 was going to fight back uh which in this episode of star wars it would be the empire strikes back not that the sec is the jedi (laughs) or anything because they're also the empire but um it looks like we're headed to two super conferences i thought for a while it was just going to be one big sec and they would just invite the other teams but Justin. If I'm being honest, it's a little bit disheartening to be a college sports fan this week. Yeah, it really is. And honestly, like, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed in all of this is everybody who's not in those conferences is in panic mode. Because if you're not, like, clearing away, if you're not already set in the Big Ten, which is the funniest thing to me out of all of this and I know you've mentioned this multiple times, but the funniest thing to me out of all this is that Rutgers is just sitting fucking pretty in the middle Come of the Big on. Ten, and Come all on. this shit is happening, and they have nothing to worry about, oh nothing God. to show for for all of their all of their history of their program, no, 
nothing to show for. And they're sitting pretty in the Big Ten while, you know, everyone else in the country is panicking, figuring out, you know, are we going to be in, you know, this conference? Are we going to be stuck in our current conference? Are we going to, you know, is our strength of schedule going to be shot out the door? Is USC and ULA? It's, it's all of this is just panic mode. It's just so infuriating, Justin. Like, if these things were based on merit or anything like that, rather than like TV markets, when it was like 2010, it would it would be so much different. Like, there's a great action cookbook tweet, uh, UC fan, who uh, he says like he made a, tra- a time de- device he would transport back to 2009, break into the conference room, and be like, "Look, look, listen, listen. All right, yeah. Rutgers, not Rutgers. Hear me out. Cincinnati, yeah. <laughs> 10." <laughs> Obviously, there's it's, the famous line from uh, now West Virginia president and Big 12 colleague Gordon Gee, former Ohio State president, who famously said to a group of donors that they'd have to shoot Gene in the back to let UC into the Big Ten. Uh, Gene being Gene Smith, the <laughs> athletic director, who holds a lot of power. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just very disheartening. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're we're finding very quickly that, you know, a lot of different conversations are going to be revolving around how these conferences are going to shake up. Um, you know, are we in the time of super leagues and super conferences? And, um, you know, is it really just going to be the SEC versus the Big Ten? And everybody else is, you know, fighting for a spot just to be considered. Um, so what I wanted to do, uh, we had a sort of a segment here for today, specifically talking about this topic. Um, you know, just quickly, for those of you who don't know and are kind of in the conversation, UCLA, USC are now joining the Big Ten. Uh, I forget exactly what year that's supposed to take place. 2024. 2024, yeah. So it's happening fairly quickly. Um, and with that said, the Big Ten is getting bigger. The SEC has already been getting bigger with the additions of Texas and Oklahoma. So what do you see as the craziest possibility but also in the same way like what do you see this just shaping up as because i think there's a lot of different (laughs) no there nothing nothing at this point is crazy because i think everything at this point is on the table but i really want to know like flying (laughs) two thousand miles to play a conference game in october like come on it doesn't make sense It, it, it it there there's there's no real reason for either of those teams to be in there and it's just a cash grab and it's really really unfortunate because that money disparity between all of these schools is going to become that much larger and they single-handedly like usc and ucla i guess not single-handedly the two of them took like a hundred years worth of history and just freaking spat in its face and snuffed out the last ember in a matter of like a couple hours you know who like lit the match, Justin? <laughs> Mike Bone. Mike, Mike Bone. fucking Bone. Mike Bone. That dude. I swear, <sighs> he's like, man, like, I don't like him. I, I, Where he goes, chaos follows. <laughs> literally. Quite but, literally. But I, what I, what I want to get to here is yes, I want to know yes. exactly what your... I, I have two, but I want to know what your perspective on all this is and what you see... Um, the Bearcats, or where you see the Bearcats, I guess, falling in the middle of all of this chaos. Okay, Justin, here we go. We used to do a, a, 
uh, in our radio station days, we did a conspiracy corner segment yes. of the show where we put the X Files music in there. I don't want anybody to get copyrighted, so we'll we won't do that. But <laughs> here's what I'm thinking, Justin, and it's a conspiracy, and I'm definitely putting it out there. But it might become more realistic in the next few days, months, years, however long it takes. So the biggest bill of the ball right now is the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And as much as I hate them as a, a Catholic non-Notre Dame fan, uh, <laughs> they are unfortunately the biggest uh, person who does not have a date right now. They're the biggest program that doesn't have a partner at the moment. Yeah. Um, they are in the ACC technically, but not as a football member, which is the most important one. Right. So they also have a contract with the ACC that states that they can only join the ACC, but that doesn't, it didn't stipulate them for just backing out of the entire conference. So what I'm thinking, Justin, now hear me out. I read an article on The Athletic, I forget who it was by, but mentioned some possible candidates for SEC expansion. The first one being Notre Dame, of course. So, Justin, if you don't know, back in the day, in like 1910, Fielding Yost, the coach at Michigan, um, he didn't really like Notre Dame that much. Um, I don't think he was Catholic. I think he was like something else. But um, what he did was uh, he convinced the current members of the Western Athletic Conference at the time, uh, the predecessor to the Big Ten, uh, he canceled a yeah he canceled (laughs) a previously scheduled game. Uh, against Notre Dame for Michigan-Notre Dame game. He canceled it and over a dispute. I I don't really know what it was about, but then he barred all uh, Western Athletic Conference members from playing Notre Dame in football games. So what did Notre Dame do, Justin? They started going on a nationwide tour, playing everybody and kicking ass (laughs) across the country, and that is how they became the biggest team they are today. So Fielding Yost probably kind of an idiot for doing that i have to yeah. say in 120 uh, 112 years hindsight but yeah. just then, i would say that to say there's been a long time animosity for notre dame and the big 10 the big 10 has probably wanted them back ever since fielding yost was not in control anymore and notre mm-hmm. dame's always been like we're good uh no thank you well right where we make more money than you now Notre Dame has one more chance to finally spurn the Big Ten forever and ever. Here's what they do, Justin. Accept an invite to the SEC, Southeastern Conference. But, but SEC is thinking, no, we need, some, we need another great football program in here. And do you know who was the only team to beat Notre Dame in the regular season, ending their home winning streak last year in the 2021 season. That's right. You guessed it. The Cincinnati Bearcats, fans decked all in red, came into their house, kicked their ass. Last SEC team, last team to do that before the Bearcats was Georgia in 2017. Two parallels. Both teams were in the, in the college football playoff. SEC says, okay, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, okay. I like you. We're big fans of you, but... Kind of got to take this team too. It's also been proven to be good as as good as Georgia, as good as Alabama, and beat you on your home field. Justin Hiles, present to you the SEC takes Notre Dame and Cincinnati as their package to expand northward, to expand into Ohio, to fight Ohio State in a battleground for the Ohio market, and to take Notre Dame as well, the Catholic brethren 
not really Cincinnati, but the, the two big Catholic markets join with the SEC as a big spite to attend. Uh, Steve, I... What do you think of that? The whole time, the whole time you're talking, you're getting, you're giving me like Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, and I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm listening, listening, and then you go straight to Bearcats. And I, I'm, I'm just gonna tell you flatly. I put my hand on my head, and my, my, my brow was cringing a bit. My, I'm trying to process this whole thing, and the worst part is because of all this crazy shit going on, I, small part of me thinks that it's not impossible. <laughs> it really, <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm really, really trying to like reason as to why that wouldn't happen. But when you, when you really do think about it to a degree, the big 10 will always have Ohio state. The sec will always have Alabama and Georgia. And personally, I don't think either of them want anything to do with UC. Sure. But (laughs) in the market where the sec is adding teams, the big 10 is adding teams. The SEC, Big Ten, I think, honestly, could grab Notre Dame. I feel like Big Notre Dame's just that sort of, like, culturally, size-wise, diehard fans, you know, running the ball in the dirt kind of team. Like, that's, that, that is what Notre Dame is, and that is what the Big Ten is. And that's where I see, like, culture-wise, that's a fit. But in the event that Notre Dame goes again for that cash grab and wants to play against that higher competition, which... That's a that is up for question and debate. I could see the SEC, you know, finding out whether or not that's worthwhile. And if they do, they're not just going to add Notre Dame. They're add, they're going to have to add another team. And your point, as much as I fucking hate it, I really like it too <laughs> because, <laughs> like, it makes sense. Like, they're the SEC. If they could steal any kind of market in Ohio, any kind of TV market from Ohio State. I don't see why they wouldn't do it. Like, I really don't see why they wouldn't do it. It is the craziest thing I think I have ever heard you say. But this is a world where anything, and I mean anything, is possible. And I really don't see how there's not just the infantile chance that that happens. So I poke I'm disgusted, my, but I'm in love. <laughs> so I'm going to poke holes in my own argument here because my, I'm my own devil's ass. I got to be my own watchdog, Justin. You know, I got that yeah. dog <laughs> in me, you know? So um, number one, <laughs> TV markets don't matter anymore. Um, I, well, I guess they do if LA was just added to the Big Ten. So fair, um, fair. I think the SEC network already has Cincinnati as part of its footprint with UK, and I think UK would be a little bit upset about that, but kicked our ass in football. I don't care about that. Um, <laughs> and also, like, I... But here's the thing, though, that kind of makes me believe it a little bit. The ACC, shaking in its boots a little bit, but it, all of the members there are binded to that, S, that ACC contract for another 14 years with their wow. new grant of rights agreement. They're getting wow. paid less and less money, and it would just cost a school so much money to try and get out of that deal. That the SEC might say, "Like, look, it's not worth it to try and get out of this." And like, obviously, it would probably choose as a precedent like Florida State, Miami, right? Like yeah. you know, all those Southern schools, and like take those instead. And but. If that grant of rights deal is really going to be an issue and the SEC's like, look, we can't wait 14 years. We got to add now. 
keep up with the Big Ten because I don't know how the Big Ten would add anything. But because, you know, obviously I think very highly of Cincinnati, but these other two conferences clearly do not <laughs> right yeah. now at least. But never know. Justin, I've spent enough time talking. I want to drink my coffee for a second. How do you like <laughs> your coffee, by the way? Um, I like it. Uh, just a little splash of milk, a little splash of two percent. Everything else, totally I like fine. it. I like a little um, McCafe in the morning. Yeah, there you go. I like a little sugar, and um, I've switched over to oat milk. Uh, but yeah, so okay, there you go. Anyway, <laughs> I will drink my oat milk and sugar coffee. I'll listen to your your theories. Like we're in the we're in the info. Well, I don't want to say that, but <laughs> info wars. Well, Steve, I'm just gonna cut you off here because. Uh, unfortunately, no one likes politics, and this is not a place for politics. What? But right now, I'm going to inject some politics, and it's not in the way you're expecting, so please don't turn it off. I'm just talking about the one and the only American two-party system. I see lots of possibilities throughout all of this super conference organization kind of thing, but ultimately... If if there's if there's any way that this is going to go, I think it's going to come down to either a two party system or just one that completely mimics our current political system, where you can have all these conferences. And this is sort of an old old age ideology, and that's there's a reason why we currently have a two a uh, two party system. I can't remember the exact name of that um, sort of theory of thought, I guess. But um, regardless. America, you know, you, when it first started, you have a lot of different um, ideas and you have a lot of different groups of people. And ultimately, everybody can be represented by these different groups of thought. And in this case, in college sports, different conferences. And so ultimately, when everybody's going to try to, uh, you know, sort of be in power and be the most dominant, what inherently has to be there for that to happen. Money. And in order to get the most amount of money possible, you have to have the most amount of sponsors, the most amount of people, the most amount of representation. And so when you currently look at the system, if you college football as our example, you have 150 D1 teams. And there's so many conferences spread out within, I think it's what, like 15 conferences, something like that, some number in there. But regardless, you take all these conferences and you pair them down into their value. You look at something like, you know, the AAC or the Mountain West or Sunbelt. And you look at these kind of guys where they're like, they're players. They have, um, you know, they're, they're in the mix, but they're never actually going to win. They're never actually going to be that guy. That's how everybody sees that. And that's how it's perceived. They're not perceived as winners. And then if you look even lower, you have... You know, like the MAC, you have all of these other smaller conferences that have a lot of members, but necessarily wouldn't wouldn't necessarily be represented by these bigger conferences above them. And so this is where I'm sort of getting to my point is with all of that happening, you have conferences like the SEC and the Big Ten, where these are your power hitters. And ultimately, these are the ones that can gain the most amount of money. These are the ones that can gain the most amount of uh, sort of uh representation have the most amount of power to make moves and in college sports we've already seen like when those those things dominate those are the ones that get the benefit of the doubt if you're talking about stuff like the college football playoff they get the benefit of the doubt 
every single time, every single year. And so the way I see it, a lot of these smaller conferences might just get absorbed into, you know, two or three smaller uh, or two or three larger conferences that might have a wide range of teams. You could have Rice in your conference and you could have something like BYU. You could have two totally different skill set of teams and conferences, but these teams are going to get absorbed together. And then when you look at this now, now you have sort of the SEC and the Big Ten. These are your power hitters. What are they going to do? Absorb as many of the highest talents as possible. And everybody else who's not that high talent, they're going to say goodbye to. And what that's going to happen is all of these smaller guys, your little libertarians, your green parties, those, your, your AACs, your ACCs, your Big 12s, your Pac 12s, those are going to get absorbed into the Big 10, into the SEC. And you're going to ultimately end up with these two power hitters of maybe 30 teams where it's going to be like the NFL, where you're going to have the AFC and the NFC. And ultimately, I think it is going to change the structure of D1 sports to D1, D1A, or D1 dash, you know, uh, second league or development league. Like there, it's, it's going to put a mark in between D1 and D2 sports. Because as long as this train keeps rolling where there's all of these teams getting absorbed into these mega conferences, there is going to be such a parity or disparity between a SEC team and a Big 12 team or a Pac-12. Uh, Pac-12, I think, is the best example right now because they have just got their asses blown out because of USC and UCLA leaving. There is no good power hitters left in there except for Washington, Utah, and Oregon. And the rest of them, good luck. I don't know what's going to happen to them. Oregon they'll get the benefit of the doubt. Utah, they'll get the benefit of the doubt. Thank God they had a good year and they kept it close with Ohio State and the Rose Bowl. Like that's their, those, those kind of teams I think are going to survive into this kind of merger. But in my mind, I don't see how there's not going to be a split of top division of college sports and a second division, then D2. I think traditionally these teams are going to get split down and we're going to see a lot wider of a range of divisions of D1 sports. Yeah, I, love that. I love that you brought that up, too, just because I think you're exactly right. I think that's just what's going to happen. And I think, too, that this model of, that the E10 is trying to create now with like USC and UCLA being like... Uh, full members of the big it's not going to last justin because yeah women's soccer team is just going to get real tired of traveling to the midwest three yep. straight weeks and yep. like the those midwest soccer players are going to be real tired of traveling back west three, three straight weeks or four and five you know it's just gonna like you know it won't be that much you know but it'll be the other way but you know what i mean like it's just so yeah like mind-boggling to think that and to think that these athletic departments who obviously have to follow title nine restrictions and stuff but think that they're going to care that much about constantly sending these non-revenue olympic sports to like these faraway dust it's not going to happen justin like, right even like the most positive person about this deal can see that like that's so i kind of agree with you but i think 
traditional structure, like something you said yesterday in our Barstool group me, that you know the traditional structure is going to come back, but I, I like that. And I think eventually it'll settle back down to where the NCAA controls things like in regions and like has like all of the non it's basically only going to be football in this idea that I have for what the right. future might look like where all of these other sports still compete with their le- local regional rivals. And like, you know, that'll just make those rivalries great because the football teams are in just far flung conferences and stuff. But I still think that the NCAA tournament makes too much money uh, for them to abandon those models. And there's, I, I wouldn't be as interested in a power five only basketball tournament per se, um, just because it's, you know, it's, that's not the tradition. That's not the, the, the whole thing just doesn't make sense. So what I'm thinking, Justin, is that football just becomes its own premier league and splits off. And then the, the, yep. the one, th- it takes the one thirty initially, but then the people who make the rules keep making the rules like more stringent so that only a certain amount of teams will be able to play. They're never going to break right. off and just like only take SEC and Big Ten with them because like you're saying these other teams will be able to complete and uh, compete and if you like the SEC and Big Ten don't want to get lawyers involved don't want to get the Supreme Court involved because they don't want uh, antitrust lawsuit they don't want to be yeah. accused of creating a monopoly so right teams like the Bearcats even if they don't get into one of these top two leagues they will still be able to compete with those top teams and <laughs> Justin there's always going to be a Nebraska there's always going to be a Vanderbilt. <laughs> There's always going to be a bad team in these super conferences. Like it's a Rutgers, you know, and it's it's college football, man. Like you know, you yeah. can build so much, but like team like Cincinnati can still break through. It, it might take a lot longer and a lot more resources now, but. There's only one Alabama. Like, there's not been right. another. Like, Clemson tried to make another dynasty, and we'll see if that continues along. But I, I think people are rationalizing this too much. The the SEC and Big Ten don't want to get lawyers involved. They don't want to be sued. But they're going to create rules that incrementally build it that way. Because eventually, Louisiana Monroe is not going to be able to like compete on the same level as Alabama. I'm stealing that reference from Stephen Godfrey <laughs> at the split zone duo, but like those lower level schools are not going to be able to compete on the same level yeah. as those big schools. And like the plan is obviously like for like UC to compete, it would have to keep upping the ante and keep elevating and competing with those other schools. Who's to say that like a school like <laughs> Rutgers eventually says, look, I want to put enough money behind this. And right. we think it's like Stanford. We don't. Stanford thinks, okay, this is stupid for us to put this much money behind this uh, just to not compete and lose eight games a year. We are an academic institution. Academic. We are not. Yeah. So, like, this is not gonna. I think everybody's just looking at full apocalypse now. And yeah, just watch Stranger Things last night. Apocalypse is very in right now. Like people, yeah. people love a good apocalypse, but. Um, just, I, I just, Justin, do you see it like that really getting that far down the line? Like, because if I try, try to take the most realistic, pragmatic approach, it will never be a full breakaway. Like the, the FBS division will probably break away from the NCAA. Like, I think the, the NCAA tournament makes too much money for those teams to like just completely break off and do like their own. Or five basketball tournament because I don't think right. that would really 
work. And like, I don't think they would also, I don't know. So, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that for sure. I mean, I think obviously with, you know, my whole point about that sort of two party system and there being a breakaway of like, you know, two tiers or three tiers of D1 sports, there's, it's, there's half truths in that. And I think the biggest part that is just going to remain to be seen is what you were making that point earlier about traveling. Like, I think a lot of schools aren't, it's not even like, whether or not the athletes were one to do that or whether or not the athletes are going to be behind that, it's whether or not the schools are going to want to pay for that. I mean, you can't take a... If you're talking USC, UCLA, they got a lot of money. They can just shell out. And for sports, they've done that for a long time. But you're talking about uh, sending a baseball team, a soccer team, like you're saying, on a flight. You're not going to bust them out to play Ohio State or play... Indiana, like, or just play Minnesota. Like, you're not going to bust them out to do that. You cannot do that. It's time wise, will not work with any of their schedules. So, that commitment is to flying them out, which means you're committing that much more money. And I guess that's where I see sort of this part of like these conferences are going to absorb into larger conferences just because, like, location wise, they can't, it's not going to be affordable for schools to do that for every sport. And with, you know, speaking specifically to Title IX, like, you know, not even women's or men's sports, but just the sports that aren't football and basketball, that's generally the cutoff of where a lot of schools don't spend their money. And so you, if you think about every single sport having to fly on a plane every single time, that is not cheap. And you're talking about every single athlete on those, no matter if it's, you know, if you're privately chartering those planes, it doesn't matter. It's going to run your money up so freaking fast. And many schools aren't going to be able to afford that as it is. And that is the fundamental reason why the current conference layout exists. And again, like to me, I think what's happening now is we're just seeing like just that cash grab, that money grab. And it's, it's all about, you know, I, I think it, we've made this joke before. Um, and I think it's funny now because it feels really real, but Bearcats making the CFP one time. It's everybody's hitting everybody's hitting that like, you know, break glass in case of emergency. There everybody's doing that right now because you're seriously like and, and, and I know I know it's funny, but like in this in a serious form, like I think this this conversation that's revolved around college football for so long has finally like seriously been broken open where everybody's talking about what is my value like as a program like what is our value to everybody else and ultimately everybody else wants to have the ability to compete on a fair playing field and it has never been a fair playing field ever and i think that's where like i said like i see this split and you can't have everybody on a fair playing field like you no matter how hard you try you just can't because one person or one one school is going to be seen as weaker and one school is going to be seen as stronger. That's the way American sports has always been looked at. Any kind of sport that you're playing, there's always weak teams and strong teams. In divisions, in conferences, there's weak teams or strong teams. Some of them are going to sandbag you and some of them are going to be, you know, the trophy team that you trout around like Cincinnati is for the AAC. We're the trophy team that they put on display and show off and say, like, this is our top dog. 
and you never talk about the little guys. And I think what's going to happen is just these teams are going to try to stay in the mix and it's not going to work. And as long as these conferences stay in some kind of growing structure like the SEC and Big Ten are right now and trying to expand, and even with the Big 12 too, I think a couple people have thrown out the idea of like sort of a um, three conference system uh, where either it's the SEC, Big Ten, Pac-12, or Big 12, and they are sort of that you know third conference. But even so, there's a disparity there because it's always still going to be seen as the SEC, the Big Ten, and then the other guys, and then everyone else below them. And that's what I'm saying is like, you can't fundamentally have this system and have a fair playing field. It's just not going to work. And that's why I see as far as money goes and as far as contributions for that go, like realistically down the line, it's probably going to result to either conferences going back to localities like they currently are, or everybody's going to be some kind of independent and everybody's going to have to play those teams that make sense for them, where these certain teams can expend that money to go fly. USC can fly out to play, uh, or Boston College can get flown out to UCLA to play some game across the country because they'll make the money on it. And that's how, you know, that independent structure works. And, you know, maybe, and honestly, I think that would be really interesting. Personally, out of all of these different scenarios that could happen, I think the most interesting and the coolest one would be if every single team was independent. It's crazy and it makes for like structure where there's no structure and you know certain teams really get left out, but you get the like craziest matchups that you could possibly think of. And everybody's gonna have the ability to schedule the weaker teams and the stronger teams, which means those weaker teams in theory still have a chance to prove themselves. Yeah. And the so, stronger teams still have a chance to fuck up. So I, I like all of this, Justin. I agree with you. And I kind of want to build on that point. Um, so we were talking about, you were talking about money disparity. And there's a, there's a thought from uh, Andy Staples that if all of these leagues made nice pull, and pulled their resources together and just sold themselves for like one big contract, kind of like the NFL, they would make yeah. a lot more money than they do right now. There's a lot of pride mm-hmm. involved, of course, and there's just not that much. Like they wouldn't really, they wouldn't agree to do that right now just because there's a lot of different things involved with that. So what I'm thinking, Justin, is that eventually, once like once the FBS does that split away, they these conferences will probably um, uh, just uh, they will probably choose to just eventually pull together once they have the number and like or if they just do that breakaway thing and they say hey this is what's gonna like this is what we're gonna do this is the requirements we're gonna do you have until now to either say you're in or you're out and then you can always come out but it'd be hard to get back in to that and i think eventually it'll just like be college football just as one entity and all those traditional rivalries will be kept and I like this idea of you being an, like an independent team because college football has always kind of been like an independent thing. It's not like a, yeah. a like you win your division, you're automatically in like the running for a playoff spot. Like it's never been that way. Right. <laughs> so I think like these teams being ind- independent, get rid of divisions, get rid of conferences. Like I like all of that and just keeping it independent school schedule who they want to schedule. Um, right. I think it's also going to be kind of like premier league where in premier league, finish like 
levels above where you're at, uh, you can, uh, like, so if, for example, if you Promotion finish, and relegation. <laughs> I like that, but I don't know if I'm going to go for that. But yeah. I think in their current TV contract, it's based on merit. Like, So Manchester City mm-hmm. won the damn thing last year, and I think they get the most money other than the relegated teams from the TV deals. So right. I think, like, because a lot of schools have been, like, pining for this, and the smaller schools who aren't as successful obviously wouldn't like that and wouldn't agree to it in a conference setting. But – if it's just if they're not competing in conferences anymore and they're all the same entity, like I've been talking about with that breakaway thing, they could probably agree to that because they're not fighting against each other for who's got the bigger deal, who's got more money. It's all under one umbrella then. So they yeah. would be able to like say, okay, if you make the college football playoff, you get this much money. If you win ten games, you get this, and then so on, so on, so on. Um, right. And obviously, like it would make it hard for some of these teams, but. You know, that's just like that's always how it's been with like you like the recruiters got to find like diamonds in the rough or you got to scheme something up like that's yeah. the, part of the beauty of the game of college football is like it can anything can happen it does it's not always like just the best talent the best recruits win it has right. been recently with alabama but yeah <laughs> so anyway justin i want to ask you uh, did you have something else because i wanted to ask you about big 12 expansion um, yeah, it'll be real quick. Um, just kind of one other thing that I had about this whole structure is like, ultimately, I think everybody kind of knows this already, so it might be a moot point, but all of this always is going to come down to money and it's always going to come down to sort of these TV deals, these, you know, contracts that get negotiated out. But there really is a reason why a team like, you know, Coastal Carolina can have diehard fans people love them and they have a lot of bandwagon fans and they have a lot of fans that like just support them because they're the underdog but there's a reason why a team like coastal carolina and you know a team like even this is for uh closeness sake i guess a team like duke or a team like unc are in a totally different playing field and it's because of the size of those schools and the size of those fan bases and sure like if you broadcast a game of you know, Alabama playing Coastal Carolina, they might get a couple more fans. And if they win that game, they're going to get a shit ton more fans. But at the same time, like if you look at that easy, steady, that consistent line of, you know, viewership, that consistent line of value, teams always generally stay in one place. They go up here and there. You have outliers. And I really think like, you know, and this is obviously we're a good example of that. We're that outlier, at least in the college football world, where, you know, for a long time, nobody gave a shit about us. And no, we didn't we didn't give a shit about ourselves for a long time. And then 2007s, 2008s, 2009s coming around, we make some noise and then we kind of, you know, keep a steady line. We're kind of plateauing. And if anything, we might have even fallen off, fallen off a little bit. And then now we've got this dramatic rise. But there's always going to be a few teams that do that. And there's always going to be the constants for the entire rest of the field. And that's why, like, to a small degree, as much as, like, it would be ridiculous in college football, considering not every team can play every team like you can in soccer, uh, promotion, relegation, that kind of stuff, if you're talking about any kind of split of leagues, I think would be really interesting just because you have teams that have the ability, like, all right, we beat the crap out of everybody else. They go up to the next league. We can't compete. It's a self-policing kind of structure. And what we have right now, there is no... It's it's an opinion based structure, but it doesn't it doesn't solve itself based on 
I play you, you play me, we duke it out. Whoever wins, we're good, we're not. Like it's that is that is a I think a really interesting structure about promotion and relegation is a thing that we're probably never ever going to see in college football, but I think would be really interesting. But anyways, sorry, to your point about Big Twelve expansion. No, no, no. I actually had something to add to that too. The soul of college football has never been about every team competing for the national championship. Like I agree right. with you there too. Like Coastal Coastal had a great year. They weren't they weren't really concerned about going to the national championship. They were just concerned about having a great year, having the mullets, winning the conference championship, doing all that stuff. And I think that's why a league like the Sun Belt is going to be so much fun and so successful yeah. because they don't really care about that stuff. They've built those regional rivalries where like people can just talk trash and hold bragging rights over each other. And I think mm-hmm. that should be the soul of college football. It's just yeah, like regional sport, and obviously it's grown nationally with these moves over the past 15, 20 years, but it should just be about, like, telling your buddy, like, F you, we won last year. <laughs> like, or yeah. you know, telling, yeah. like, you're, if you're a TCU alum and you meet a Texas guy at the water cooler, you'd be like, seven and three in the past 10 years over you bums. Go Frogs. That actually yeah. happened. <laughs> actually happened justin at a state head senate hearing by the way when uh, texas and ou wow. left <laughs> like tcu <laughs> uh, a state like a state a texas state senator who was who graduated from tcu was like going at the texas ad and was like uh, frogs are seven and three in the last 10 years horns up and you know, it's just like <laughs> i love uh, and she said horns down i think but i'm, I'm not sure but anyway it's just i just thought horny was, frogs yeah <laughs> but that's what it should be about man like that was yeah. why the whole smu pony excess scandal happened was because these guys wanted to mm-hmm. brag to their friends in the oil industry that my team is better than your team and my team beat your team that's what it should be about and right it's growing away from that, and I don't like it. Like, we should still be arguing with West Virginia, Louisville, and Pitt fans about like, yeah, who's going to win the Big East this year? Like, that conference right. was like one of the best conferences we could have ever joined, and it was so good while it lasted. And and that's a backyard. That's that's one thing. Not to cut you off here, but that's a thing that we are really missing in this whole structure now. Especially when you look at like UCLA and USC. Like UCLA, USC, they're going to be in the same thing. That's fine. But like, you know, you're talking about other teams like Stanford. You're talking about. Um, you know, even old Big East, like with Louisville and Cincinnati, that's a backyard brawl. That's across the river. You got people who have allegiances. You have people who are married to somebody else who came from that school because it's a closeness like that. And that kind of stuff, we're losing. And it sucks. It's really shitty for the sport. It's not fun anymore. Yeah, and like for for also for so many years, like the, in the early like, if anybody remembers Rick Minner, the the Rick Minner Cincinnati yeah. Bearcats were just fighting to get to a goddamn bowl. Like they were not yeah. fighting to win like any of this shit. I think that's a thing too that people got to keep in mind is college football has never no two teams rarely have the same goals. It's different for everybody. Like Vanderbilt yeah. and Alabama fans do not have the same goals. They right. like their versions of success are different for everybody. And that's why it's more fun to me than like a pro league because like, you know, if so say for example, if like Kentucky football has been really good for their standards over the past five years, they've won like ten games and they yeah. the fan base there has been really excited about that. They're not expecting to go to like a New Year's Six Bowl or, you know, like keep winning like that. They're just enjoying how much success they've had. And it's obviously that's what it should be about. It's changing. 
because these big schools want to have more money and try to win the national championship. And they're kind of ruining all the little schools in the process. And I think that's what we should remember too, is that college football is different for everybody. And that's like one of the yeah. things that makes it so fun. Like NFL, everybody wants to win the Super Bowl. MLB, everybody wants to win uh, the hunk of metal, the world series trophy. Yeah. Um, NBA, everybody wants to win like the pro sports leagues. There's a clear one goal in mind. And like you know, right. soccer, U- European soccer leagues, there's like a couple different goals in mind. Like they, some teams want to stay. Like I think that's why I like the Premier League so much. Is like there's different teams that know they're not competing for championship, and like they're just trying to either stay up, they're trying to stay like mid table, they're trying to get into like the European. There's so many different goals for them to attain. Right. I think that's the great thing about college sports because <laughs> Justin, we debated for years whether Mick was successful or not because he won all those conference championships, but he didn't do anything in the tournament. Like that, yep. that's what it should be about. Like means different things for all these different people. And I think we should just, right. should everybody who's listening, thank you for listening this long, by the way, number one, yeah. <laughs> number two, we should just remember that, you know, and just not get disheartened about that because at the end of the day, it's different. And we should appreciate that differentiation. So, okay. Eva, I feel like you've taken me to therapy yes. in, in, college, in the college football world, and you've given us a little bit of hope in the climate of uh, apocalypse. <laughs> Speaking of apocalypse, but, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I, have you, did you ever watch the, did you watch the animated Marvel, like, what if show? Oh, yeah, for sure. Remember the episode yeah. with Doctor Strange where he like tries to get all his powers to get um, mm-hmm. his wife back, and then like he just—that's a very good, very good analogy. I've been thinking about that ever since like <laughs> like this this happened. I was like, damn, like Doctor Strange might have been onto something there. But <laughs> maybe we should make a clip video of that. I think that would be that would make numbers right now. If we put a clip video out like that right now in this climate, all oh, this would economy, do such good numbers in this economy, but. I think I'd probably we'd probably get C and D and freaking get. Yeah, you'd have to find a burner. Well, we got our we got plenty of burners. Yeah, those are always around. (laughs) There's always a way. Um, Mickey Mouse would probably take us down. Yeah, probably. Um, I already saw Stranger Things clips on the internet last night. Like, come on now, people. That's Um, sad. uh, So I'd already watched it, so I'm good with it. But for the people who hadn't watched (laughs) it, you know, um, (laughs) so now that the Big Twelve is apparently in combat over should we expand should we not expand what would you prefer justin would you prefer to just see the biggie pock merger between <laughs> the big 12 and pack 12 <laughs> uh would you prefer to see us raid the pack 12 or would you prefer to see us stand pat i mean it just depends on how everything else is going i mean personally i like you know classic Classic Roosevelt policy, the big stick policy. Going in, totalitarianism. We're going to take out everybody we can. If you're with us, you are. If you're not, you're not. I mean, personally, if we're going to be, if we're going to be in the mix of all this, and this really is going to be like some kind of, you know, unfortunate super conference kind of thing where it really is just going to be everybody's starting to get absorbed. I want the Big 12 to stand firm and grab Oregon. I want them to grab Washington. I want them to grab Utah. I mean, Utah and BYU being in the same conference would be kick-ass. Like, would that would be perfect. Like, those kind of things. Yeah, they would kill each They would literally kill each other. Utah has a literal PVP zone. 
I don't know if any of you know that. If you don't know that, look that up. Look up America's PVP zone. If it's not Utah, it's like a small section of Montana right next to Yellowstone. They can duke it out there. Put a football field in the middle of that. Anything goes. No pads. Regardless, uh, <laughs> I really do like hope that they sort of absorb teams like, you know, teams like Arizona, too. You're talking about basketball, you know, um, sort of like the Arizona states of the world, like those kind of teams, like absorb the bigger powers that you can. Like if it's going to be coming down to this scenario where you've got to get that, I think what the, unfortunately, I think the one thing that kind of holds us back, you've got Cincinnati, you've got Houston. I think in that kind of realm, we are the outliers and that's not like a, I, I think Cincinnati, and this is not another conspiracy zone, but I think Cincinnati and most specifically Central Florida is fucked. If that's the scenario, because I mean, sure, you can play this coast to coast kind of thing, but still, money reigns supreme. Yeah. And does UCF want to send out to Arizona, to Oregon, to all these? Does Cincinnati want to send out their smaller sports to Oregon, to Arizona? We already send them far enough to Florida as it is. Like those regional kind of things, like, I don't know how we last in that personally, and that's kind of scary. And I think that's why I've been in panic mode about it, just because I could see the SEC being, you know, claiming what they can in the West. And maybe the SEC takes something like a Miami or UCF and swallows up the ACC. But um, regardless, like when you're talking about that expansion, I feel like there's still going to have to be some amount of regional precedence for that. But if there's not, give us Oregon. Give, Oregon, I think, is the biggest one for me. If we could play in the same conference as Oregon, I'd be all for that. Oregon, Washington, Utah, Arizona. If you can snag two or three of those four, I think there's a legitimate conversation for like strong third tier, like that third power three sort of conference. And for basketball, if you get Oregon, Washington, and Arizona, or, you know, uh, you know, those kind of structure of teams, if you can get some of those guys, you're already bolstering the best basketball conference in the league. Fuck you, Big East. We're the real Big East. Anyways, uh, so that's I mean, interesting, too. The Big East is looking at absorb. They already tried to absorb Gonzaga, and now they might um, get Kansas in this whole conversation, which is crazy. And Kansas might just defunct their football team like UConn. It's insane. I See, if I wasn't so disheartened by the whole money thing, I would think this is really fun because this is basically yeah. like NCAA <laughs> football when you create your own conferences and like put yeah. different teams here and there and everywhere. Um, so Justin, just to respond to that, um, there's an I have an example of a UC team that's going to keep playing in the American after the uh, we make the move to the Big 12, and that is our women's lacrosse team. They're going to continue to play in the American because one, the Big Twelve does not sponsor said sport, and two, it's a better league. Like they have like Florida, Vanderbilt, Temple. Like there's a few different. There's only like six schools, but like it's like closer for them. Well, I think eventually, Justin, these leagues are just going to be football leagues and maybe basketball yeah. leagues. But yeah, other than that, though, I think all of these sports are just going to event. Like I said earlier, like they're just going to in conferences that are better for them so they can still do bus trips like Cincinnati lacrosse can make a four-hour bus trip to Nashville to play Vanderbilt like that's not bad right. like they can yeah. make an eight-hour bus trip to Philly like or a two-hour plane ride to Philly that's not bad like these 
like for these sports that are still need to be sponsored because of Title IX and because schools don't want to look like they're only supporting football, like they want to have well-rounded athletic programs. They like I think that's just I don't think we need to worry about the student athlete travel for those because after too long, those teams are just going to be look. It's, this is not physically logistic for us. Like we're going to have to play right in the Pac-12 in like swimming and diving because it's not doesn't make yeah. sense for us to travel to the Big Ten meet or I saw something else where like lower level leagues that are already spread spread out and don't have enough money to play. They're like, look, just play who you can. We won't play conference games and everybody just meet up at this location for the conference tournament later this year, which I think is also interesting. And it doesn't really like, it's not really a conference either. That's just like, you happen to be like, you need a place to play to get into the NCAA tournament. So that's where you go. So it'll look more like club sports eventually. Like, you know, like our mm-hmm. there's UC club across that plays like just the local schools around here because obviously they can't fly across the country. But, right. And I wouldn't worry about the the non revenue sports because I think those will handle themselves. But for football, I say we join together with the Pac-12, we add San Diego State, and for fun, yeah. I say you add Hawaii. For football, I say you add. Uh, Boise, uh, one of those two, whoever you prefer. Yeah, and then we just make it a twenty-four teamer and just make this thing like the like the Western United, like the Wild West Conference. Like, make it fun. Like, make it like something like. It's really funny to like think that. of Cincinnati as the <laughs> being part of the Wild West Conference. <laughs> I mean, hell, we are. You know what they say? We're the San Diego of the. So, <laughs> I think I saw. Or I something, guess San Diego of the East. Yeah, whatever that is. I, San Diego of the Midwest. Yeah, I did see something yeah. that was I thought was funny that um, like UCLA like <laughs> that someone was just responding to a tweet was like, yeah, uh, UCLA Chicago campus coming soon with athlete dorms, and I was like, but they're gonna think of that, aren't they? They're gonna just like put yeah. athletes just in season in like Chicago or something, and then like just have the <laughs> that would be so stupid and just so antithetical to college sports. But I mean, well, I can see it happening. Now. I mean, you know, as much as I'm, as much as I'm really against all of the shit going on, like you make a very good point there, and I, I'm just it's coming back to my mind that we do have that satellite campus true. in L.A. And that satellite campus in LA is now part of the Big Ten. So technically, the Bearcats are part of the Big. I mean, the Bearcats are already part of the Big Ten because we own Indiana. Um, and personally, like I think we're just now second member bids into the Big Ten. I mean, we have. If you think about that now, we have destroyed twice two Big Ten teams. Exactly. Like I mean, it, it's to honestly, like come on. Like, like come it. on. I, I I don't see why we wouldn't qualify for the Big Ten. I mean, and on top of that, can you, the amount of times that we handed it to Rutgers. We handed Rutgers like the, amount the, of, the fattest loss in program history. Yeah. Like, it's honestly, like, and, and this is, you know, we've we've made so many points about this, and I, we can get to a point of wrapping up here, but my, in, in all of this, like, in, in all seriousness, I think there's legitimate possibility that over the next like we're talking a decade in the future now if this kind of stuff is what the future is and it is larger conferences it is a 20 some team conferences sort of structure i think uc ends up in the big 10 as a regional kind of thing as a competitive type of thing 
I think it just makes more sense personally. And I think if the ACC gets absorbed into the Big Ten and gets absorbed in the SEC, we might get some of those rivals again. And I, I, I really like as much as it seems like this kind of crazy, you know, we're spitballing whatever the fuck we want to, because I mean, it really is the time to do that. Everything's possible right now. Um, I think at the same regard, I think there is a legitimate chance that if the Big Ten expands regionally, we just make sense. And the Big 12 gets to be that Louisiana purchase half of the country. Like, I mean, that's that's really what the Big 12 is. The Big 12 is the Louisiana purchase right now, yeah, minus the UCF. Yeah, too late. And, and we're, like yeah, <laughs> like we're, we really, like I said earlier, Cincinnati and UCF in that structure are the outliers if there's any amount of regional uh, support that matters for that. But in the world of just college football, and not talking about these other sports, which I think you made a very good point about. And I think that really is structurally wise. I think that's how we'll see all the shakeup. It's not going to be, it's really just going to be football and yeah, maybe basketball. And I think basketball has a bit more, um, you know, money to pump in than a lot of the other sports. Um, but for some schools too, basketball is their only sport. Like look at a school like Gonzaga, look at all the big East teams. Like the big East team is big East is like riding steady through this. That's the funniest thing. Like, there's no team in the Big East that's panicking. There's no team in the Big East who gives a flying shit in the middle of all of this because Our, there's nothing for them to worry about. Friends at the Roll Blob Pod are just like just sitting back and making the memes as the world burns. Yeah, honestly, and like that's that's I think just one of the more interesting things that it's going to be cool to see how all this pans out. It's just you know what really do we have as a program? Like what what. What's that going to look like? And what, what are our characteristics that are going to last, you know, into the next decade, two decades? And that stuff's going to pan out. But as the right now, I mean, everybody's got their contracts signed. UC, UCF, Houston, BYU, we've got our contracts signed in the Big 12. We're sitting steady. Like there's, there's legally, we are in that and there's nothing for us to worry about right now. It's just whether or not the Pac-12 is going to get absorbed. And I really think that, just even size, the amount of teams and the strength of teams, the Big 12 has such an advantage right now. I don't see how anybody in the Pac-12 uh, can vie and say, we have 10 teams, we just lost our two best ones. Let's just grab whatever Mountain West teams we can. I don't see how they have any ability to absorb from the Big 12, how they have any ability to absorb from anything other than Mountain West. So I think I think the Big 12, and I think, I think the Big 12 is going to be fine, and I think the Bearcats are going to be fine. We just got to... Pull back the reins a little bit. Hope apocalypse doesn't happen with that. And I think we'll be rock steady. Steady rocking in the house tonight. Um, <laughs> I agree with you, Justin. I think it's uh, we got to be nihilist for a little bit. So everybody go eat Arby's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't so, Justin, the there's, only six, there's only nine weeks until uh, football starts, by the way. 63 days as we record. So... Um, go eat Arby's, wait for Cincinnati football to figure this all, all out and uh, just go beat up on some more teams again. And uh, it's all going to be fine. <laughs> Don't worry. No matter what happens this year, it's still our farewell tour. That's right. And speaking of our farewell tour, Steve and I are going to be pumping out T-shirts. I'm just going to call it right now. We're going to do it. Not gonna, we're not going to maybe do it. We're going to do it. Hey-o. We're going to figure out exactly how we're going to do it. But... We're going to do it and be on the lookout for those. Once uh, August comes around, we'll probably have those somewhere out on the interwebs and available for purchase, hopefully for an affordable price. And um, you should make it like one know, of those can get out there. 
You should make it like one of yeah, those limited, limited drops. Like just just so Steve and I will be releasing a farewell tour from the American NFT. If you guys are interested, please subscribe to my crypto. Uh, you know, get invested while you can. The Viva La Cats coin is super rare, and you guys know that when you want to get this shit minted, you gotta be on it. Like you it, it now is the time. The now dip. is the time I'm in strong to hands. subscribe. Hold on. <laughs> Best now. Diamond fucking hands, boys. Let's Diamond go. fucking Come hands. Come on. Wall Street bets. Feed the cats bets. Let's go. Crypto <laughs> NFT. Out every word in the stuff. book. <laughs> every Dang. buzzword we possibly can. We should just uh, tag this episode with all of that. <laughs> hey, <laughs> just crypto, crypto, crypto. I've up the They're going to be a bunch of people like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? I don't know what you uh, mean, bro. <laughs> anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening to this long monotony of... Uh, I think very good conversation and interesting takes and theories as to how all this is going to pan out. Um, again, thanks for listening. Uh, tune in to our next episode whenever that's going to happen. Uh, probably will still be a little while, but um, let's be let's on the do look out for new stuff again. I, uh, we didn't media expect days. media. Yeah. We didn't expect anything to happen <laughs> between our last episode and media days, but let's shoot for media days again <laughs> sounds good well steve it's been a pleasure catching up with you you too sir um let's make sure the bearcats are flying high through the rest of this and our farewell season so thanks again for listening guys take care and we'll talk to you soon oh bearcats viva la cats Podcast Network.